0: Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling podcast for the Flesh Willow men's recap. One of the shortest favorites you'll see. I think for any major race or one-day race I think I've ever seen. Poggy given like 66 70 percent implied probability to win before the race started, and that's because of this uphill steep finish on Murder Wee, oneone ks at about 10-11%. But Flesh Willown even though it's every year it does end the same way in the men's race, it actually is very difficult and attritional beforehand. There is so much up and down of these Wallonian climbs around Liège, you know, 1.3k, 7.5%. They do the murder we three times at least as well. So there is a lot of energy sapping in the 193 k's before murder we, but it's a weird it feels like a really weird flesh will this year, like a transition year, Benji. No Wunderbrecher. <laughs> and also, although Cavalli won last year, but no Bala, no Jala, and no Ronda. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, I found it really, apart from Pagacha, I really didn't know too much who would do well, apart from, say, Woods, who's consistent here.
1: Exactly. I was looking at the stylist in advance to this race, and I saw, okay, well, Pogacar is here. He's been an amazing form, but last year he didn't have a great result. 12, but then again, looking closer at last year's race, positioning was a bit of an issue. He was in a, a bad position on the Mu but so were others that finished in front of him. So what was the reason that he had a bad result? Was it the personal issues that led to his absence at LBL that might've had an influence on his performance? We don't know that. And you're kind of guessing of can Pogaccio actually do this length of climb on paper? He should be able to, but his performances on these type of climbs have not been amazing in the past. And you're overanalyzing everything. And in the end, you look at the star list and you're like, oh, Aramburu, will he work for Mas, or Will Guerrero get a chance at Movistar? And then you look at other teams and they're like, "Turns is not there and Alaphilippe is not here and Valverde is not here.
0: Blasov's not here. Yeah. Like, is it so many punchers, Roglic, Vingegaard, like Jumbo sent Bernard and Volta, but... Roglic
1: they had no set... chance Who? I believe zero chance that Valtor or Benoit would top three this race
0: Again, Spoggy and Co yeah probably not <laughs> that's the point like <laughs> their two best riders for this race weren't here and you know Remco's coming down from the mountain on Sunday Pagach has been down from the mountain forever like Roglic is the co-leader co-sharer of the murder we record not that it Jala beat him in the end. And he's not here. And to be honest, Jonas, the way he's climbing and pace Vasco, if London's doing as well as he did today, he was a much more realistic shot for the podium. So it's, I don't know, credit to Poggi, I guess, it was what I'm trying to say here for lining up at all these races, trying to do the Ardennes triple yep. um, after winning Tour of Flanders and winning Paris Nice. Like, it's really impressive. And he's making cycling not just about the Tour de France. But anyway i got to say, Benji, I I was editing the women's race and I, have a good, I had a good spidey sense of what would happen in this race. All this talk, that wasn't Poggy goes on the Cote de Chirave. That is, file that <laughs> in, The Poggy is going to attack on the Chipressa. Um, no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. I believe that on this parkour, there's much more to do early than in the Milan-San Remo parkour. Because, for example, <laughs> I still <laughs> believe and I stand by my take if last year, Emko even pull attacks on the Mudewi de Huy, the second last Mew de Huy, he wins that bloody race, and we don't see Alaphilippe coming third or fourth in that race. Quickstep would be happy after that race, going into Liège-Bastogne-Liège. But, that being said, I'm not sure if he would have an LBL the same way then afterwards. Nonetheless, when it comes to this one, I wasn't necessarily expecting Pogaccio to go on the second last Mew de Huy or Côte the Shirav or the Côte Ref, the one before the Shirav, and in reality, we all want that to happen. We all want this race to break open early, and there's often so much acts in the early phase of this race, but not the notable ones. But we want that because of our entertainment and not because of the rider's best chance to win. <laughs> because in reality, your best chance to win is if you win on the hui. That is the case for most riders, except for Demko He needs to go on the second last hui, and I stand by that take.
0: He can beat Poggy on hui. I'm convinced. If he
1: goes the second last hui, I'm going to... <laughs> I want the race to be fun, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you, Teams like a Bahrain with a Lunder. Like, Morish never is going to compete on Mertwee, really, seriously. Although they got a yeah. good result here. But, yeah, breakaway. Is there anyone before? There was Sir and Cry- <laughs> Anderson, Benji. You tell me yeah. who was in the I know there was Sir and Cry- Anderson, but you, you let us know. Who was in the break? It did go pretty far.
1: Georg Zimmermann and Søren Kralnesen were the most important factors in the breakaway. Some other riders in there like Hinz, Goal, Daryl Yetzabol, gets a ball, Garcia Pierna does that. That Spanish dude on Equipo Can Pharma that we kept hyping up because he won that Spanish time trial championships on an Equipo Can Pharma bike. <laughs> and then he did nothing afterwards. He was hey. also in the break. Hey, It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway, 40k to go. We're heading towards the second last mutahui and the two leftover guys from that breakaway are Zimmermann and Kra Andersen, and we see this pattern created by UAE. In a sense, every time they go towards a hill, they position themselves well, and they use one or two domestiques per hill to set tempo. A higher tempo than it would have been in previous years, I think, because in previous years, I felt like the tempo on Clams was very limited, right? On the 2nd last we and so forth. Yeah. I feel like here we had a bit more tempo, where they try to make it somewhat harder for the pure punchers because Milano San Remo style, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and usually on these early murder weeks, you literally see it like 7-10 wide, as you said, and it's like really all the second tier sort of or third tier domestiques like just sort of blocking it up, making sure they get over, making sure no one attacks. But yeah, UAE just like each climb, they just seem to give a little like one minute Yep. Just a little rev and then ease off a little bit, but just enough to push into the climb, make sure Pogaccio was in good position um, and then eased off a little bit. Kind of like how they paced Murda Pogu last year in the Tour de France. It's quite similar, but yeah, it's it's an attritional race, no matter how slow or quick you know they go over these climbs that are all steep and Murda We going over it in a group is going to be hard when you do it three times, so... <laughs> when did Vivica go? Because there was... Should we fast forward to second hui,
1: uh, Second last well, hui? Well, we're talking about the second last hui, we're like Also, like, the position of, of hui me. on that climb, he followed someone on the second last Muda hui, which was the legendary attack by Samuele Batistella. And Astana man showed up at the front of the group, and I was like, thank you, because I was hoping Pogacha would do something here. Obviously, he wouldn't, clearly, because he was sitting in 10th position yodeling at his troops who were riding at the front at a decent tempo but Estella launched and I think for uh no not for I think um Walter was in his wheel and some other people joined him in the wheel and they had like a four to five man um group for like 10 seconds by that time the UAE squadron had once again closed it again Pogacar doing a tiny bit of work as well there to keep the peloton in one piece and then the shot went to the breakaway and it turned back to the Peloton group, and then some willie Battistella was riding off alone. And then a bit later we saw that Vervaka was bridging. So we now have four riders that were converging at the front of the race. That breakaway is now Zimmerman, Kra Andersen, Battistella, and Vrvake. And about these four guys, even with Vervaka bridging, with Battistella bridging, the rider that was doing the most work in that group was Siren Kra-Andersen, I believe. He he was railing corners, though. No?
0: yeah and after being in the break all day super impressive he was not happy with batter at all they had a yeah. little bit of disagreement rubio de hen style and then vivaka would go into the distance when he was just trying to do his turn and then they'd bring him back eventually vivaka did go clear of that group he looked really really good he, quickstep obviously didn't have alaphilippe or even here they had I think Van Vulde was their man to try something from the main group, but everyone else got pretty much a free roll, which makes sense. And then we get to the other climbs and we see like a few forays, like Sam Oman moves a little yep. bit and there's people on his wheel and Pogaccia's, you're just playing it cool this whole race. is not panicking. He's letting he or she Bennett did a really good job in this phase between second last Wii and maybe the Cote de Chirave, just controlling things, not letting dangerous moves go up the road or groups of two or three riders. They just got Vivaca on 40 seconds and that's going to come down. We all know that a solo rider cannot stay ahead before last Wii. So, UA just completely in control and Ulysses, Bennett, he or she for POG in this last phase were just, they just locked down the race and kept it difficult. It was just really, really impressive.
1: Exactly. And Vrvac eventually, like you said, went off alone on that last Shiraf climb. And I feel like the tempo was like solid on that Sharaf climb with Ulysses really doing solid work there. With Hirshi also doing work there and so forth. And Healy was also in third position. I was like, is Healy actually gonna try something here? But that did not happen. So we were heading towards the last Mute Hui. One more thing. On the Sharaf climb with 6.6k to go, Higita was at the back of the group. Dropped. Aliotti was trying to get him back. And he looked like he had energy. So there is the possibility that he had a mechanical before that climb, based on how I saw it. Unless he insta-dropped and then was like, oh, i still got energy in the back pocket, and went up again. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird situation. That being said, he was out of the race as a consequence of it. I think they're heading towards the final climb, and we see a proper lead-out by UAE. Because positioning is key on the mood wheel. let's be honest about that. Everybody wants to be in a good position. The higher you're up, the less energy you spend moving up on the climb itself. And we see that in the way that UAE is trying to get forward. Movistar is trying to get forward. And they kind of fell. UAE are able to get a solid lead out done by Ulysses once again with a hell of a pull. Hirshi in the wheel takes over the second that Ulysses is done for. Pogachu in the wheel of Hirshi, And that's how they head towards that climb. But Movistar, for example, I see Aramburu on one side of the road. Maz on the other side of the road. They clearly had multiple leaders here. They had no decision, like, this rider is who we're going to go for, or this rider, which, on Mutagui, I kind of understand, knowing that Aramburu got second into the Wallonie on last year, but that was against, I was going to say Belgian Farmers, but Filippo on that, so that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
0: But Master's yeah. not been in good shape. Master's not been in the shape that's good enough to say you can't have a chance at all here. Um... But yeah, there's no Valverde here for Movistar. He should yeah. have come back. Um, there was a crash, though. He would have bought though. him. Do we mention the crash with Paulus? We haven't mentioned it, but now you have. I think Paulus, I would have been interested to see how he went on this climb today. He's been in good shape. He obviously was very strong at Flanders. He crashed out at Amstel Gold Race. I don't know how the crash affected him. Obviously not enough to make him not start this race. And so he and Healy were obviously their leaders. That was a real shame to see him basically out of two races in a row. It also, Pegachu was very close to that crash and just narrowly avoided it. Remember these roads, these fast Wallonian roads, they basically ended Alaphilippe's mid-season last year in Liège when he crashed badly and Bardet was looking after him. Geist uh, Lame Rise was also out of the race. So it's a tricky run It's still a large group though. And the inevitable happens, Benji. It's the run into the Murdoie. Louis Vercors caught. UA is setting up. Here she's the last man for Pegacha and he basically drops him off with 1300, 1,200 meters to go. Who was the Israel rider positioning Mike Woods? Was it Nalens? I think it I was. I think it was Nalens. Yes, he did an outstanding job. Positioning has been a problem for Mike Woods in a lot of racing. It's a large group, and Nalens basically drops him off second wheel into the base of Murdoie. That I thought this. Woods has a real chance here because, yeah, the main problem he normally has is that, the positioning, not the Watts on out of the saddle on the steep gradients. We see Sheffield moving up on the left-hand side, Benji, but Sol's Pidcock. I couldn't see Pidcock. And yet Sheffield's move was quite strong. Same with Morich. He was, I think, going for Lander. Bilbao had done work before, but Poggy seemed to, in my view, his plan was to ride just like, Really hard near the front and not respond directly to accelerations in the first half of the climb and to keep his powder dry for the last half, which I think is the smart approach. And no one really tested him. It was just Well,
1: do you think he really know what to do? Would seem like he was in that typical position at the front of the of the group in Moodabi where you're trying to stay at the front. You don't want to get boxed in, but you also don't want to ride too fast. you're trying to like make your tempo balanced with the other riders riding next to you, kind of half-wheeling Pogacar, to make sure that he doesn't come around you and boxes you in, so that the others can't come around you and box you in as well. But by doing that, he blocked a one person indirectly, by accident of course, that was trying to attack on the early phase of this climb, which was Bardet on the right side trying to push up where there was a gap, but like, Woods moved to the side before Bardet was remotely even close to yeah. where he needed to be to move to move into the attack, so Bardet looked like he was going to try something early. I'm pretty sure people would have responded to that and just sat on the wheel and Bardet might have stopped started a few attacks like that. But in the end, they're riding next to each other. They're trying to half wheel each other halfway to We right?
0: Pretty much. And that cost Bardet so much momentum. Like, I would have been interested to see what would have happened. Would Woods have made Pagacha close that? Pagacha, if you look at the rear-on shot, he's constantly left shoulder checking because he's got Woods to his right and Bade to his right. He's two-thirds the way over to the right-hand barrier, and he's trying. He's making sure he's constantly half-wheeling whoever's on his left to make sure he keeps his left side open. Because he's like, if he gets swamped, boxed in by someone going on a fly, people coming over the top like a Benoit or someone like that, that's maybe how he loses the race where he can't open up when he wants to. And that doesn't happen. Woods goes, Bardet accelerates after him. Poggy's in the saddle still, which is a dangerous and he's looking rock solid upper body wise. And then through the left hand bend accelerates, gets a gap. Molimer and Schkelmoser were both. Yeah. Yeah. They were both going, wait, Schkelmoser's on Trek, right?
1: Yes. 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 Yes.
0: Yeah. Well they were kind of both riding side by side on opposite rides sides of the road and Chicone too. I think it might Chikone, have been Chicone. I I'm living in I'm living in 2021. It was Chicone and Skelmoser were riding on opposite sides of the road, basically at tempo. They didn't force Picasso out of his comfort zone and yeah, he just did the business. Um justifying his short quote this morning and winning with a couple of seconds in hand with time to celebrate over the line. And the second. Mikael Lander, third. Yep. Looking good. No snap. But just a heavy, steady pace. Three seconds to Woods, who probably his best positioning, but didn't have the legs this year. Chicone, fifth. LaFay, sixth. A very good result for him. Then Benoît Van Hills. Bardet will be disappointed with ninth. And then Bargui, tenth.
1: I'll have to look back at the at the at the race itself at the last kilometer a few more times, but I feel like Chicone and Skelmos were both on different sides of the road, and I feel like Chicone was in the better position. He had the worst result here. If Skelmos was in the position of Chicone, how close would he have gotten? Because he really had a solid snap still, yeah. eh? Like, he got relatively close to Pogachar to finish within the same time over the finish line. So it's it was a gap. There was a gap Pogacar did celebrate. He probably still wins Pogacar, but Skelmoz would have gotten closer if he had... A tiny bit better of a position, but it shows that Scalm has has some chance to win her in the future, eh? But then again, start list this year was a bit lackluster, that to say, but that doesn't take away from the victory of Pogacar either, I would say, because this man has done so much this year. I've got here a, a list sent to me by Matt Case on Twitter, and I just lost the list, so I'm going to have to do it from the top of my head. He has 10 wins out of 19 starts, 14 top fives, and if I recall, only five stages that he was outside of the top 10 of a race. 12
0: wins. This 12 year. wins? Oh, yeah. Then
1: it's wrong. Unless it's is wrong, sorry.
0: Six at World Tour level, or seven at World Tour level, three Paranese stages, Paranese GC, Tour of Flanders, Amstel Gold, Flesch Rallon, three stages of Andalusia, oh, and yeah. GC, and six monument, Jain Paraiso Interior, uh, to start the season, better than Strada Bianca, I say. So... <laughs> No nope. Credit to him. <laughs> like, 20, 18 race days, 3,500 UCI points. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Three wins on the trot. Liège this weekend. I presume Liège, She's then going to go... Yeah, probably have a decompression week, no, and then no, no, go no, no. to altitude, and then do True, a preparation a one week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Could he do it?
0: <laughs> but the he's thing when he the as
1: well, I don't see any impossibility that he does it jiro this year but i think it depends on whether he wins the Tour no, de France year. this year uh next year sorry <laughs> next year i mean i mean next year <laughs> but, um, i think it will depend on whether he wins the tour this year again that being said every time that a rider starts winning as much as Pogachu is doing you have the the uprise of voices that are saying oh this is getting boring this is kind of getting annoying that we've got the same winner every single time and while that is kind of the case, where you're kind of like, oh, it's the same guy winning again. It's not Pogacar's fault, eh? That he's better than the rest? Like, No. It's not his fault. Um,
0: I think it's a valid... Like, it's valid if you watch a race yeah. that has an uninteresting final to yeah. say that final was uninteresting. Like, Strade, Peacock was solo. That the gap was always so close. Yeah. So you thought, there's tension here. I'm trying to think of an example.
1: Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's worse
0: ones even than that, probably. Um, Like then classical we have, we have, high-end women. interior or something. Or the Andalusia Unde- yeah. ones, where he rides away with 24. Like, this is not entertaining. But that's not Pogacar's fault. And I would say, where's Roglic? Where's Vingegaard? Where's Philippe? Where's Valverde? like that would have been because if Pegacha still beats those guys because he's not he's not beaten them on this finish before that would have been you know even more exciting so it's not pegacha's fault for turning up to these races um and yeah he did the business i think he did a 245 on Wee, which is pretty sharp Roglic and Jala did a 240 in 2021 but 245 is good Enough in a lot of years to win, especially when I would say in the first 500 meters, no one apart from Sheffield really pushed it. Like yeah. Enric Mass from memory did a really hard lead out either last year or the year before for Valverde. Um, but yeah, what next for Pog Benji this weekend?
1: Looking forward to it. Remco's there though, so we've got uh, a competitor that might be on his level for that race and uh. We won't spoil the preview yet, eh? that's for the actual preview of LBL, but I'm looking forward to it, because it, it makes me more, uh, I don't know, it rises me more up that we've got actual like Titans fighting it out against each other in LBL. Yeah.
0: Um, Remco doing it before the Giro, it's a little bit un- of an unusual step. Um, but it's good for us. It's good for us. I'm not complaining. Um, it definitely makes the race a lot more interesting, particularly with Leap just out of action at the moment. I'm trying to pick out some other. So my favorite, Roger Adria, the Catalan and a keeper, Kern Farmer, 12th, a nice result on nine seconds. Aaron Brew, unlucky, 13th. Van Wilder, 14th. Disappoint. Oh, Tobias, Helen Johansson. Enemy's back. Yeah, that's a good result considering his shape so far this season and he's been Was sick injured. or injured. Yeah. That's good. Yep. He's not the enemy anymore. Really? Is he your friend now? Since Vine won the Welter stages, he's not enemy anymore.
1: Character development.
0: Did he drop him in Tour of Norway, Vine 2? I think that might have ended it. He cooked him on Galsterstappen. So, okay. no no longer enemy. Um, Mars 17th is a little bit disappointing compared to where he's been. Quinton Hermans 2, 19th, and Pidcock 18th for Ineos. He's done better here before. Um,. Where did he come in 2021? He came sixth, and that's when they did a shit-hot time. So in 2021, Pidcock on Mertwee did a 251 Mertwee, and this year he's done quick maths, which are not so quick. 15 plus 15. A three-minute. So just a bit off. Nine seconds off his 2021 shape. Obviously, the race is... Could have been harder before yeah. today, so that's very crude. But,
1: yeah, what's going on with Pigcock? I know, like, he's relatively okay when it comes to his form. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been turned in an Amstel gold race. I do feel like we see this pattern that when he drops, he seemed to capitulate quite a bit of time. We saw that in the Ronde van Vlaanderen in Amstel. Yeah. And also in the Tour de France last year, I feel like that one time he properly dropped, Grenoel. he fell through GC. Uh, then again, that was a pretty hard stage. <laughs> it was one of the most legendary stages of the yeah. Tour de France, almost ever, so, I don't know. I, there's some indication. He said he has no know. snap.
0: That's what he said in the interview afterwards, he said he'll have no snap.
1: But he was the rider with the snap in the past. What happened?
0: I don't know. I don't know. But maybe transition to GC rider and it'd be better for GC Or it has been on the TT bike. I don't know. Um, but just something to watch. Other... I'm just trying to pick out some other... Oh, Godou DNF'd. He yeah. started the race six. so... Sorry, he was allergies. sick on the weekend.
1: Pardon? Was it allergies? Because I swear he, he spoke about allergies in Insulia and then also in Amstel, but then sickness is something new I heard. So kind of like between sickness and allergies right now when it comes to Godi. Um I
0: remember it was before the race. He said he, yeah, he has something, but <laughs> yeah, oh, bronchitis. He's had oh, bronchitis okay. since Tour of the Basque Country, so nothing better to recover from bronchitis than doing a hard 200K hilly race. Love to see it. So that's, They're doing their best probably to ruin the rest of his season, like in 2020, whenever. Uh, Cosnifra also was sick and had to... DNS or abandon, which is a shame too. I wanted to see him up there. He was pretty handy coming third in Brabant. So hopefully Gudu gets back into good shape and health uh, before the Dauphiné and Tour, which I'm sure he's doing. But like, it's not a lot of time when you stack it all together. Um, Like you have a week off, then you go altitude, then you go Dauphiné, then you go back to altitude, then you go the Tour. Like you, if you missed a two week period, it can really set you back. Even though the Tour is two and a bit months away.
1: Exactly. Now we've spoken about riders that did not start. We've spoken about the race itself, but when do we one v one on the Muiden? We, my friend.
0: Oh, us? Hey, I didn't think you were allowed to go past the demarcation zone into Wallonia.
1: <laughs> I might not be able to get back into Belgium after I <laughs> after I set another Eddie Merckx <laughs> sentence on Twitter,
0: dude. I, I you gotta. I don't get baited by the sports stuff anymore.
1: No, oh, yeah, funny. I'm... Like everybody <laughs> keeps funny. glorifying animatics, but he was he, he got three dope, dope positive doping tests, and nobody talks about it.
0: Yeah, but why well, is Pantani on glorified, and they have you know memorial marker Pantani? Because if you die, all sins are forgiven. That's how things work, um pretty much. Uh, anyway, oh, Amsterdam Gold race. That was the other news we forgot. Um the car so it doesn't exist well yeah the organizer of Amsterdam gold race said the draft the car offered no advantage to pog again i don't think pog was getting caught by healy at all but to say that it didn't help is ludicrous also i had some pros message me that mvdp was given a pretty hectic toe in the 2019 crazy finale off camera um And then Ty Zonneveld unearthed some footage of Nikki Terpstra getting the end result of Nikki Terpstra getting the biggest slingshot in the Amstel Kurakawa race (laughs) back in whenever. So it's just, this is a world tour race. And this is Mickey, this is Mickey Mouse stuff that would be called out in a 1 1, not a world tour race. So when a DS gives a sticky bid on too many, too long, and the comment says they get 500 euro fine, UCI point suspension and something happens what's going to happen here
1: i don't expect anything to happen unfortunately but Leo Vliet, the guy that's organizing it like the organization of Amster has been pretty shit for a while now let's be honest about it and to have these things happen multiple times now according to pro riders and so forth then it's clearly an issue and they should probably replace him at this point but i'm i'm pretty sure that he's put there by someone he it's not like he owns the amstel gold race eh? He he got that position. He was assigned to that position. Just get that guy to race.
0: Wasn't this the same guy who endorsed his 16-year-old daughter dating like 27-year-old Tom Bowman Yeah, back in the day? Man, cycling, what a sport. Um, Crazy. Yeah. So I hope, will something change? Probably not. <laughs> will we see some Mickey Mouse stuff on Upstow Gold next year? Probably. Yeah. Unless something changes. Um. But it is what it is. Just remember, flags fly forever. Pitcock right for winner in 2021. Um, we'll go to our grave. Oh, I'll go to my grave saying that. Um, <laughs> but that's all from us. We'll have the Liege Bash on Liege Preview. We're recording tomorrow morning. We'll have that up tomorrow afternoon. Until then, ciao.